0: Some would make me out to be the villain of this here story.
1: That's don't let a good thing die. Are you born with destiny? Or does it just come knocking at your door? He's a young singer from Memphis,
0: Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome. Mr. Elvis Presley! Get a haircut, buttercup! In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero.
1: was my destiny.
0: I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly.
1: Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis
0: Presley.
1: I can't move, I
0: can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail, The so well as moving they might put me in jail for walking across the street but you're a famous white boy. But right.
1: The way you saying is God-given. So there can't be nothing wrong with it. That's all right,
0: Martin Luther has been shot. Martin
1: Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. That's all right for you. Tragedy, but it has nothing to do with us.
0: It has everything to do with us.
1: Oh, my Lord, my darling,
0: everyone once told me, when things are too dangerous to say, sing. I'm on before the shoot and nobody's gonna remember me.
1: Can do so much. I, I need to get back to who I really am. Still and who are you, Oz? <laughs> Be making the most of this thing while I can. This could all be over in a flash.
0: We are the same, you and I. We are two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity.
1: The greatest show on earth. Elvis
0: has left the building. He's what? (laughs) He's a what?
1: (laughs) That face.
0: He's (laughs) 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 what? What? Um, okay. Hey, baby. Hey, hey, Barbara, what's
1: up?
0: <laughs> hey, baby. how are you doing? I don't
1: dislike the Elvis voice.
0: Um, I got I got my Memphis gear on. Look at that! I know
1: I love it. I love that you're. In all honor, like, you know, I almost wore my Memphis shirt.
0: In honor of the king, I'm Memphis'd up. Mm. You told me to pull my chain out. I did. So I did. I'm sure Elvis wore chains. I
1: like it. Yeah, Elvis wore jewelry. He had he had jewelry.
0: He was the first white boy wearing chains. Cha- he was the first chained up white boy, right?
1: Okay, I don't know.
0: He's my godfather.
1: This movie. I'm Angela.
0: I'm Bobby. This is Movie Humpers. Sounds you hear dogs. Uh they lick our ankles while yeah. we record.
1: This movie is called Elvis.
0: Baba's Lerma.
1: But they could have called it The Colonel's story.
0: It is narrated around the Colonel who. Is very clearly a psychopath in this movie. Yeah, he's
1: the worst.
0: But he, for, it is. I do kind of the 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 two lead performances in this movie: mm. Tom Hanks and Austin Butler.
1: Austin Butler, Thumbs great up. job, absolutely yep. great, really great.
0: At first, i I had to look up that Colonel Tom Parker was uh, was born in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah, because I was like, "What is this accent?" We were trying
0: to figure out that accent. Like, yeah, I had no like, idea. Like, I thought for a second, I was like, "Is he kind of..." Because there's kind of a like a certain southern Louisiana accent that's very kind of, uh-huh. I thought maybe they were trying something like that, but no, it's like a, apparently he claimed in real life that he was from Huntington, West Virginia.
1: Well, and so that's maybe.
0: As though that's what.
1: I know. I know guess <laughs>
0: that's what well, they sound like in West Virginia.
1: Well, I know that Tom Hanks is like a consummate professional, right? So yeah. he, I'm sure, listened to as much Colonel Parker actual like audio that he could and you know there is that whole thing about no one knows where colonel parker came from before he started working with the circus or the carnival or whatever yeah he uses a doing. classic Carney. but he- yeah like no one there's no no record of him before 18 and he actually in like the end credits they say something about how like when he was getting in trouble for all the ways he Fucked over Elvis after Elvis had passed. Yeah. He claimed some weird, like, asylum as a man of with no country or something.
0: Apparently, like, he did lie. I mean, he wasn't really a colonel. He really did lie about his yeah. background. And it didn't come out until after he died that he was even, what little we even know about him. So he was an interesting mm-hmm. guy. I think, imagine if something shifted, you know, somewhere in the south as he's going around. Like Colonel Tom Parker would have been a hell of a wrestling promoter. Mm. Like the way he talked about the fandom, he would call them like rubes and like stuff like that. The snowman, the snowman. There is a crossover with the carny roots of wrestling Mm -hmm. there, and the way you reference where you're trying to like trick people, but it's it just kind of showed how he had no respect for the fandom, and even in his narration, blamed. Blame them for everything that happened to him and Elvis, essentially. Yeah,
1: basically every decision that Elvis made that the Colonel did not agree with, he said it was because of the way Elvis loved his fans. And that they were basically his downfall. That was like what he was saying. He also, there's this scene where Colonel Parker's decided he's going to make Elvis a star and that that's who he's going to attach himself to. and He doesn't care anymore about Hank Snow and Hank Snow's kid uh
0: jimmy rogers thank Snow. you i
1: lost it for a second and that's
0: i don't think that's the the jimmy rogers either okay because I, jimmy rogers was already going strong i, I thought
1: I, I was a little confused by that but also the timeline named seemed after jimmy rogers the
0: timeline yeah i think that's the case
1: he was a singer though or trying to be because at
0: first i was like oh i didn't know jimmy rogers was hank snow's kid and then I, but i don't think the, the jimmy rogers was
1: it was interesting watching that kid go from emulating his father, Hank Snow, to emulating Elvis as Elvis got more popular. Yeah. I like that little that little bit of, like, detail. It was also, oh, so what I was going to mention before is that when Colonel Parker's deciding he's going to dump Snow and he's going to go with Elvis, there's this really bizarre scene at the carnival, and you actually pointed this out. It's the back of Elvis, and then it Elvis goes blurry, and it, like, focuses in on the word geek. Yeah, which is like a sideshow term. Yeah, yeah. And then they do reference throughout the movie of Elvis is his new sideshow act. So he also didn't really have respect for Elvis. He tries to say that he loves him and he's like a father to him, but he's using him and manipulating him.
0: He, he didn't understand he what he does he can't comprehend the emotional connection that he's having. Right. He just objectively sees like oh he's making these women go crazy. I could put this on a, nat- on a broader scale.
1: Well, and they do say in the movie, and I don't know if this is true or not, but at some point in the movie when people are coming down on the colonel, they say they're trying to find out his past, and there's some report that a psychiatrist did of him at some point that said that he's a psychopath mm-hmm. with, or psychopathic tendencies. He is, if this is true, right, allegedly this movie is based on facts, he let Elvis love him as a father to get Elvis to do what he wanted to do. I think he did comprehend the emotional weight of the relationship he was fostering. I just don't think he felt anything about it. Yeah, He yeah. didn't give a fuck.
0: No, obviously. If he really cared about Elvis, yeah. he would. And
1: But I think he knew, and that's what makes him more evil, is that he knew how much Elvis loved him and trusted him. And I
0: was very curious about the details. I mean, this movie posits a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I looked up, like, what was real and what was fake. Okay. And for the most part, a lot of the movie uh is fairly accurate, but there are some things, like, when he has Elvis in the International Hotel mm-hmm. playing their performances, like, it was more, it was never specifically verified, but the rumor that he had Elvis be on that stage five years in a row for all that time... To help settle Parker's gambling debts, he was a gambling addict, mm-hmm. um, was more of a rumor than a verified fact, though it's kind of like a pretty substantiated rumor, like mm-hmm. maybe. Elvis did not fire him from the stage. Okay. He fired him like getting mad at him in a hotel room after Elvis. The hotel did not want the stars and the employees to mingle, and apparently Elvis was attached to somebody that worked there, and they went to go see his mother, like as a favor to him.
1: Okay. And it
0: caused a big divide between Parker. Oh my god. And like, apparently, that's kind of was the straw
1: that the, broke it. I mean,
0: Elvis did know he was fully aware that, like, the idea that he did financially take advantage of him. And then after he got fired, he drew up this big list. Yeah, and it's, I knew about that. It's unknown between... It's somewhere between 2 and $10 and the movie, it about $8.5 million.
1: Yeah,
0: which is... Yeah. And which, I mean, in, what, in the 70s money, that's like... That's hundred ...fucking huge, right? Yeah. So that was actually kind of real. And where Elvis felt like he was just kind of trapped.
1: We're caught in a trap. And that's even more of the con, because... This list that he made, he'd been tallying up this entire time. Mm. If he ever leaves me, I am going to get him.
0: And apparently, one thing that was overblown, and this makes sense based on what we see in the movie, because it is kind of a contradiction, is that, you know, when he's in front of the 10th, when he's young and they're trying to stamp him down, trying to like keep him in coattails mm-hmm. and not shake his hips and yeah. teach women th- about their bodies, mm-hmm. that that apparently Parker was actually not as against that and it makes because he saw that it drew reactions out of people. Yeah, he
1: wanted those reactions to yeah. sell the tickets he needed to and sell.
0: So the the part where Parker was like, No, we can't do that in that part. Because and that makes sense because when he first sees Elvis, he's like making people crazy. That's
1: why he wants him.
0: Parker did know. He did Elvis did not get like a court order to join the army.
1: I didn't think that was but, true. But
0: Parker did did think it would be beneficial for as a PR move if yes. he did join the military. And that makes
1: back. a lot of sense. Yeah. Because he did get drafted. And, and they could have tried to avoid it, but it makes sense that you'd say, no, you got to go.
0: Oh, and apparently Elvis and B.B. King were acquaintances. They were not like tight homies.
1: I wanted that but, to be that, real. That stood figured in the building and watched probably. Little Richard pop
0: off where Elvis oh, was like, my man, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, rid- and they were coming up at the same time. I they yeah. wouldn't necessarily, but they kind of did utilize in the early early Elvis. His he would use like the the black culture and the music that he came up listening to, which oh, was yeah. true. Yeah. but he would utilize it almost as like. A safety net when he needed to find himself again. And that stuff is very much dramatized. I think he did have a great appreciation for and the And the gospel
1: music, that was real. And he, did,
0: like, and he did cite it a lot through his career. Mm-hmm. He was definitely into gospel. I mean, Elvis is controversial when you look back. He kind of does, and it makes sense because he was one of the biggest pop stars. In terms of modern popular music, he is kind of The guy that was the first megastar that came in. But he also gets that heat for, like, you know, taking the songs and stuff like that. All of that music was pretty much stolen by shitty ass record companies and producers, like, already.
1: Uh, I did want that to be more real, but obviously, it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. There's going to be. Exaggerations. He's often put like real people into his fictional stories anyway, like Toulouse Lautrec being in Moulin Rouge. Like, yeah, yeah. so he he likes to like kind of play on that, and obviously he was leaning harder into Elvis having black friends. Yeah, right. Uh, one person that I was really kind of surprised they didn't touch on literally at all, as far as like the rivalries and stuff, because this may not be true either. But in Great Balls of Fire, they play up the fact that as Elvis was being drafted and going to the military, Jerry Lee Lewis was rising Mm -hmm. and he kind of, and he kind of has a very similar like story in that movie. If
0: you, if you ever see great balls of fire and you see this movie where Elvis walks up dressed like his favorite superhero, Captain Marvel Jr., which is true. Uh He was obsessed with that character. But
1: that's also where he gets his lightning bolt that ends up being taken care of. And the
0: Captain Marvel family and shit, which they call Shazam for legal reasons Mm. now, because DC lost that, a case that they really shouldn't have lost because this character preexisted. Oh, sure. But that character was actually bigger than Superman in the, like, 40s and 50s. Like, Superman- Stood the test of time, but that Captain Marvel character, the Shazam character, he really was, like, huge, so, Mm -hmm. and Elvis did with the collars and the jumpsuits, like, he really did pull a lot from that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Evil Knievel, no, Evil Knievel pulled from Liberace. Yes. And maybe Liberace pulled from the same place. It all seems to come from that same pool. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But
0: Boz, I've always been up and down with Boz movies, Mm. but I gotta say the maximalist approach, the -the over-the-top... Even, like, the credit sequences and the title sequences are just super over the top. I do think it actually works in this movie.
1: I think it works in this movie, although, do not like the Colonel Parker in his head in a casino walking around in his, like, hospital gown
0: Oh, parts the, of this movie. After he's had a stroke and That's he's dying. That's too
1: much. Like oh, I, you think? I think. Like, let him... Let him narrate it, but I didn't want to see all that. Like, what is that inside of his brain? Like, is he in a coma? Like, it was just bizarre to me. Mm. It's like he's stating his case for no one. Or that actually might have been more interesting if it was sort of like, a, I'm going to die, so I need to tell you what happened. Because people think this is my fault. I think it could have been done in a different way better, but I have been a Baz Luhrmann fan since he started. I was obsessed with Strictly Ballroom, which is his first major movie. Uh, which we're is,
0: we're of that age.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was. This was I was in like middle school. And
0: Romeo and Juliet was a big hit in our. Romeo and Juliet was really big for though me. Really, though really, those that movie particularly, it was a big hit. But I think it's like the soundtrack is kind of what lingers more than the movie itself.
1: Definitely the soundtrack. Now, probably wouldn't watch the movie again now, but I have listened to some of those songs. I would like at some point for you to watch Strictly Ballroom because I think it's interesting. The things he was doing in that movie with a very small budget. He was actually in Australia, and in that movie, he the was way actually that he,
0: in Australia. That the Australian possum, I and he was actually in Australia. I'm just teasing you. Go ahead. I
1: just mean he hadn't made the jump yet. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet was his first American movie, I guess. Uh, yeah, saying.
0: I know what you meant. I'm okay, just picking I'm just on saying, your wording. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he actually was in Australia. This guy that's from Australia. It's is a
1: very Australian film. And the <laughs> way that, what I'm trying to say is the way he gets across what he does now with like money and like effects and these big, huge things at that time was just in the staging and the lighting and the ridiculousness of it all because it's set in like competition dancing world but it's a lot of like fast cuts but i think
0: well there's a be, lot of cuts in this fucking yes, movie and
1: but it's i think it would be really interesting having now seen this movie and seen these big grander ones to go back and watch the first i think it's a really great story aside from disliking the way they tried to bookend this like kernel situation I don't have really many complaints about this movie. I thought it was really fun. I knew they were fucking with, like, the timeline. You're obviously going to take dramatic
0: yeah, whatever. I think I accepted a few of those things a little more than you did. Yeah. Like, I was kind of surprised at how enjoyable I thought this movie was. But when I first heard this movie was coming out, mm-hmm. and, like, a Baz Luhrmann movie, my initial thought was, like, it's probably not going to be something I enjoy. And then... Over the year, I mean, this movie got delayed because of COVID. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks got COVID, famously. Yeah, well, I mean, this one movie. of the first major and
1: famous people.
0: And um, and as word as it after it had been out for a long time, and I started hearing word of it. I mean, RRR is a very different movie, but this is a very like over the top presentation. Bombastic,
1: I feel like is the word. And also, <laughs>
0: like the things that I personally appreciate about Elvis himself beyond just the music himself, I do think he's a like a fantastic performer. You know, that's kind of yes. what I love about him and kind of wish what I think people would pull from him more in, like, modern music. Not so much the music in and of itself. We got modern music's different. That's okay. But I'm talking about more of, like, the stage presence and, like, the conscious nature of, like, putting your fucking heart into every performance. Yes. And also Elvis, more than just being, like, I don't even think of him, like, you know, if I go back into like 50s rock and roll, I'm definitely kind of more leaning towards Chuck Berry or Bo Diddley's Buddy Holly probably is, means a little bit more. Because my Elvis is more like that Elvis and Memphis comeback late 60s. That's kind yeah. of the Elvis that I I personally prefer.
1: Which, I mean, this, this film posits and, and it makes a lot of sense that that's like him being the most himself. Yeah, yeah. More in control of what he's doing.
0: And Elvis, he is the country rock I, I even more than just the king of rock and roll, I kind of really consider him just like the king of country rock, you know. Yeah. An interesting figure, no doubt. And um, uh, talking about Austin Butler's Dude. performance, my
1: kid. How about
0: how about this kid, this Austin Butler? He really, was
1: so good. Also, the woman who played Lisa Marie.
0: You know, I felt like it when I was watching this movie. It was like. Wow, maybe it was a little harder to cast Lisa Marie, or not Lisa Marie, Priscilla.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant Priscilla. (laughs) Maybe it was a
0: little harder to cast Priscilla than it was Elvis. I don't know. I felt like there wasn't that much to chew on for that There was not, but
1: I thought that they had a good rapport. I thought the two of them together were sweet.
0: But the movie really is just like...
1: It was more him than her. It was
0: more Hanks and Butler just kind of like eating it all up, and everyone's just very much... In getting outshined in those performances. Yeah. But especially Austin Butler here. And now, you know, you see Elvis, actors representing Elvis throughout the years. Some better than others. Often it's presented in a novelty way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like
1: Yeah. Like, like uh... this
0: is the Elvis moment and this music biography. I'm really upset that they didn't uh, have the part where Forrest Gump met Elvis in this movie. <laughs> I think that would have been cool. I feel like there was like... You know, that, that Gump vibe, you know, that like goofy America, Americana-ness. I felt like there was like a smidgen of that through line in this sure, movie. Sure. I mean, Elvis definitely like literally a guy who affected the industry.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas Forrest Gump is just completely made up. But yeah. I, felt, but I was kind of like really like leaning in on anything like that. Oh, like that goofy, simplistic nature of Americana and like. Yeah. Oh how things are affecting everything's but yeah y'all fucked up you should have you should have had uh the scene where Elvis met Richard Nixon and handed him like um like a badge or something and you should have showed when Forrest Gump met imagine like a CGI youngified Tom Hanks meeting with Tom Parker there get your historical shit straight is all I'm saying <laughs> say man show me that crazy little walk you just did there slow down some Ain't nothing but a I like that guitar. I don't know. It sounded good. But Austin Butler, he really did. Even if like you can stare at his face and be like, "Well, Elvis wasn't really like that," or that. Oh, that doesn't matter. But he embodied. He's singing the songs for one, which is whoa, right?
1: He really is, right?
0: I think so. I yeah, think
1: positive he was.
0: And then he but he's embodying the swag, the presence. That's like honestly, your face could look like anything. Mm-hmm. You could even be a different race. Mm-hmm. But if you get up there and you can embody the the full presence, swag, the presentation, the passion, yes. then you're gonna you're gonna imbo- you're gonna feel more like Elvis than someone who just maybe straight up looks like him but doesn't have the moves.
1: Someone who doesn't look at all like him. And that, granted, this has been twenty plus years ago since I've seen this, but there is a movie. Where, what's his face? I was talking about him last night. Kurt
0: Russell. Kurt
1: Russell plays Elvis when he was very young. And until now, I think that was the best depiction of Elvis that I've ever seen. And he doesn't look like Elvis at all. So just, you know, like kind of, but he had the, he had the thing, you know, I would swear that when they would back out on shots of Austin Butler, sometimes that they would superimpose Elvis. I know at the beginning and at the end, they do kind of mix their videos with each other. And I think that's really smart because you do want to show actual video Mm. of Elvis at the end. So you kind of. It's almost like starts with video of Elvis and then turns into Austin and then at the end it's Austin and it turns when he's back doing into Elvis. Unchained
0: Melody, yeah, and I uh, that, love which that. I thought was very sharp at the end.
1: That is one of my favorite songs, and that that Elvis style of Unchained Melody is actually my favorite version mm. of that song. I used to listen to a record of uh, Ronnie McDowell singing "Unchained Melody" when I was a kid a lot, but he does Elvis. He's like doing yeah, Elvis. Oh, all, all
0: these old country stars oh that came up in like the eighties and seventies. Yeah, like, they fucking worship the ground Elvis walked on.
1: But I just have this like visceral memory of being like a preteen who like didn't quite understand. Anything, like, on a summer day, like, with the windows open, laying on my Nana's bed, listening mm. to the record of that Unchained Melody Elvis version song. Yeah. And just, it's, like, it's such, like, a sense memory, like, in my brain that it just makes me happy every time I hear it. I
0: There was some historical accuracy here. Like, Elvis did invent women squirting. <laughs> women did not squirt before Elvis.
1: <laughs> the way that they portrayed these, and I know women passed out. I know women screamed. But it was truly as though they were having orgasms yeah. in their seats for the first time in their lives. Well, How did her-
0: we know that lady at the opera. I we did play you that after. <laughs> the, that where the lady came at the opera. We yeah. know music can she do it.
1: Straight up orgasm. Unless like, she okay. had one of
0: those vibrating things and she had some Dom in the back pressing that button. I don't know. I've
1: heard that mentioned as a possibility, well, and I think that might be true. Well,
0: we or can't. Or you just we're really? only assuming we don't know for sure well, we're not know, in that lady's we're stuff. not
1: we're not in her stuff we and didn't
0: inspect it
1: people get off on all kinds of things and maybe classical music is just her fucking thing you know yeah. like she could be audio I'm sure there's a word for that like audio erotic what not auto erotic audio
0: okay I well we obviously don't know <laughs> I
1: don't know anyway
0: so talking about, let's talk about the cuts in this movie, which is probably one of my uh, bigger sure. complaints. You, you're kind of like visually exhausted at the end of this movie, mm-hmm. truly. And that's on purpose. So yeah. That's what he's going for. But I could imagine if you're somebody who's like, who's where visuals can get you kind of motion sickness and stuff, like it wouldn't spru- if, if people were like, you know, I just couldn't make it through this movie. Like, I got just got kind of like nauseous and overwhelmed. Yes. I, I would kind of understand if people might for that reason have I a hard the time theater. with this movie props to these performances and uh also one other complaint i would have loved to have hung out with fat elvis more mm-hmm. i mean maybe you know Bos lerman's maximalist approach it would have maybe have a maximalist fat elvis like in a fat elvis that is like even fatter than he really was like a chris farley size elvis uh, singing Unchained Melody and sweating all over the place. I think we would have all. I want. If, if, you know, the movie's not this patient, but like maybe a 20 minute scene of Elvis watching, fat Elvis watching TV while eating like an angel food cake or something like that. Or I would have really his, enjoyed that.
1: One of his sam- fa- famous sandwiches that was like an entire loaf of bread with like an entire jar of peanut oh, butter. Oh, yeah, baby. And like, describe the ingredients.
0: Describe the ingredients in this scene.
1: like. Put a bunch of jelly on it. Oh, my it, God, yeah. And then, like, you deep fry oh. that shit. Oh, call Charlie and Hodge. And then you put, like, powdered sugar oh. on top.
0: You get Charlie Hodge in here. He's going to have to hold up the other end of the sandwich.
1: They really did portray really good is uh, the sadness of Elvis. Mm. The loneliness of Elvis. Mm. Because... We don't know what was going on in his head either, but uh, this this but was he a lonely was addicted man. to this was a drugs. Man. He yes. was very lonely, and he I mean he said in his later years that I mean the reason he got so fat is because it became a thing where food was the only thing that gave him pleasure. Priscilla in this movie at least like doesn't stop loving him. She just has to leave him because he's so addicted to pills. Yeah, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. I mean, who really knows what happened, but. But this is played out in a way that they set it up to really get across how miserable of a person that he was, which breaks my heart. And I did cry a little at the end because he's doing his final performance. They've already talked about him passing away, but yeah. it's the Colonel's talking about... I saw him the last time he performed and, you know, Austin Butler is there and he does have on the fat...
0: And but the moments were like <clears throat> Austin. Yeah, he's chubbed out, and I was very happy because at first we were like, he's not fat enough in this era. Well, he's not fat enough.
1: It was. It was. And then years at the end, before his death.
0: And then at the end, it was like, okay, this is an acceptable level of fat, Elvis.
1: Yeah, but it switches from Austin to Elvis, mm-hmm. and just having gone through that story and knowing how sad he was and that. The love he felt on stage to the point where he would literally give it all to her, like he would pass out after the curtain closed or just fall to the ground. Like he didn't have anything left.
0: Like even if he wasn't, yeah, that was interesting. Like even if he really hated it all, in the moment where he's hitting the song, he's going to go 1,000.
1: Yeah. And and so that's probably the only other place that he was happy, you know, is when he's performing and when he was eating. Uh, it
0: must have been like equivalent to like a sex addiction, you know, where like with like the way he put himself into that music, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're popping the crowd. This is a huge endorphin thing. Yeah. And he's trying to find that connection. And this is a part of what I'm saying with like how excellent of just a presence performer this guy was. Yeah. This was a big part of it. Like he had, he really knew. So that's kind of why I equivalent to because he's getting something from the audience, you know? Yeah. And even at the end of the show, he's like literally like kissing women on the mouth. They're like lining up. Oh, yeah. And it's, and he's, it's, it's he all. He
1: embodies it I mean, he, so perfectly. I mean, he
0: musically fucked each and every one of them. Yeah. Like, we're well into squirting now, thanks to him. So they definitely all, those yeah. seats, they had to hose those seats.
1: Listen, uh, he was amazing. Mm. I hope. I don't know what his next project is. I hope so much that he doesn't get pigeonholed because he did a such a good job at this and the Mr. look Butler, of him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, you can do things with makeup and I'm sure that they were like emphasizing his lips and like
0: sure. he had
1: makeup on and so I'm I'm very curious to see what he does next because he was amazing at this and I I believe that this is not what he's amazing at? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like I think he was so good in this role because of the presence he has and because he is a good actor. And I just really hope that he has the chance to show that in a different way. Like he needs his like Jogo Lay moment what, now. What, I'm what just are, kidding. This is already yeah. Real get your sexy. Jogo Lay on. But he needs to like surprise people in some way. And I I want to see him now. Do you need to play else. now,
0: Austin. You need to go out there and play like a mentally uh, a, a traumatized gay male hustler. <laughs> okay uh austin but yeah i i was i was thinking that like this is so good will he be able to pop off hard doing anything else wouldn't this be a weird bit of irony elvis who always wanted to be like a james dean guy who's who had made a ton of movies but never one in which maybe at the best they were fun but he he wanted to be the james dean he wanted to be the brando a lot
1: of them were fun
0: yeah, but a lot of them were also the drizzling shits. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Because they're like, No, we don't we're not making an Elvis movie machine. if you don't dance and sing around. Yeah. And we were gonna make about four of these this year, okay? Amazing. So so get those hips a shaken.
1: But I get what you mean. It's like Austin Butler is now playing the as close as you're gonna get to like yeah. a dramatic Elvis Presley.
0: Oh, wait a minute.
1: No, it's not. We
0: don't. Now we're talking about. What I'm about, saying does not make sense. We're talking about how we don't want to pigeonhole him. Mm-hmm. But what if Austin Butler signs like a thirty movie contract where he <laughs> remakes uh, every uh, Elvis movie, no, that won't including Kissing Cousins. No. From from Leave a Las Vegas to Kissing Cousins to the. Uh, Those are two of my Cl- faves. Clam Bank, Clam Bank is
1: good. Is it? There are some that are good. All right. <laughs> Clambake's one I liked.
0: Well, maybe someday down the old dusty road, I we'll, have my we'll turn over some of these Elvis movies and analyze them properly.
1: I will say they mix together, mm. but Clambake uh, has some good people in
0: it. There's a, a a bootleg compilation on the internet you can find called Elvis's Biggest Shits, and it's like the worst songs. Sure. From the movies he was in, like all compiled into, um, yeah, you can probably find it online. I recommend it. If you, if sometimes I do enjoy bad music, uh, so maybe check it out. But also, if you wanna, my personal favorite Elvis mm. album is Elvis in Memphis, yes. which is from the late 60s. I'm actually a huge fan of that record. Hi, shout out to Memphis, whoop that trick. Um, <laughs> oh, and before we go, I wanna talk about, um, like the music in this movie, which was a little oh god, that's the thing I didn't well. like. And this is Boz Lerman remix. A lot of it is just awesome Butler singing, yes. and a lot of it is modern musicians, including rappers and R and B performers, and also modern country singers like Casey. Mo- like, let me let me just go through this okay. here and tell you. Like, let's see here, um, Doja Cat.
1: Yeah, um,
0: that was the big hit. Yeah. Uh, of the tra- of the uh, soundtrack. It was a single. She did a, a remixed version of Vegas, Viva Las Vegas, essentially. Mm-hmm. Then you had Eminem and CeeLo Green. We heard that one in the movie. Uh, Swy Lee, Diplo, Stuart Price, um... Casey Musgraves. I yeah. thought that one was actually kind of good. She's,
1: yeah, I had heard good. that version before. She's a good singer.
0: Let's see. Stevie Nicks and Chris Isaac uh, do one. Which Chris Isaac is essentially He's like. He's amazing. We know this guy likes Elvis.
1: I mean, now I'm like, I just need to hear that song.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, Denzel Curry appears. like There's like rappers that work like, Oh, yeah, you notice work him on... too. Even. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Um, Lanisha Randolph. Like there's, you know. There's like a, a modern mix. Uh, Jack White does a uh, "Power of My Love." Like there is a lot going on here, and there's also like medleys of actual Elvis in some yeah. of these songs. So it, it really seems like a lot of up and downs here. Like yeah. I see what they're going for, and I won't say it failed every time, but I I will say I mentally was pretty much mentally adjusted to it. But when it first hit, it was awkward. It was like. You know, we're very finicky when it comes to our period pieces. Yeah. But at the same time, this is kind of a Baz joint. And yeah. you kind of got to expect it. And for me personally, this is probably my favorite Baz Luhrmann film film. So.
1: The issue for me with the music, when you think about the other movies that he has done, there's always cover songs mm. in them. Always. But he's never done a movie about a singer that... I mean, and Elvis is so prolific. Yeah. There's enough, there's enough music. And I get that it's sort of almost one of those, maybe it's like, you know, these people were inspired by like, this is the music now that is, you know, being made or remade or these people, whatever, connecting to the future. But it works in other movies because, I mean, Romeo and Juliet's kind of like out of time, you know, like it doesn't, have to go anywhere, and the way sure. he did it, it's nowhere. And like Moulin Rouge is just an acid trip. Like, but this movie, that's what honestly those are. The, those are my two main critiques: is the way Colonel Parker narrated it from Macoma or whatever, and the, and those music choices. I I I don't like begrudge these people having a song on the soundtrack, but. Mm. I didn't like it.
0: Well, it seems like it did get a lot other of other
1: music of the time.
0: It does seem like the the soundtrack. Just looking on, like your Spotify plays. I mean, oh, it seems like a lot of people did listen to this thing. I'm
1: sure they did. So, I
0: mean, if it functioned as an introduction, you know, to Elvis uh, through these modern stars, some some I like more than others.
1: Sure.
0: Um, you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing. So, but it
1: just took me out of it.
0: Yeah, I understand. Especially, you're also like you grew up listening to this music, yeah. so it's not it's not going to do much for you to like remix it and pop it and put some rap lyrics over it. Yeah. Um,
1: the only one that I actually thought, "Ooh, I like this," was the Casey Musgraves.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we hump movies, and we're going to hump Elvis like uh, like the same way Elvis lyrically humps every woman in his every, audience and some men and some men. Some of those men squirted too. And uh, you're going to give it one through five. I'm going to give it one through five combined for best out of 10.
1: Cool, 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 cool. Um,
0: Shake it. Stab oh, it. Swish it all around. I'm
1: feeling like a 3.5.
0: So you're at a 3.5, 3. a good solid buck over average. And you know, we've been, this month is a very prestigious month. We've been going really high. But like, literally, if we're hitting the threes, that's still like. Saying that we really yeah. enjoyed the movie. I like I do think I liked it a little better than you mm-hmm. and kinda of feel like it was kinda of like Peak Lerman, like the style that I've often like given or taken over the years, I felt like it really kinda of made sense. Like the spectacle really did hit for me. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not over a four
1: mm-hmm.
0: like so many other movies this month, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a solid four for me. There, cool. So we got a, uh, a seven point five. Yeah, which actually seems to be a lot of the the consensus that I'm seeing on your movie judging websites. Actually, I'm going to say because our other seven point fives are Matching in uniform, Dungeons Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and Collateral. I actually do think Elvis is at the top. Of is a little. It's kind of. It's a better. Yeah. Does offer more than these movies.
1: Yeah. So it's the top of the top of the bees. bees. Nice.
0: So yeah, who knows? I mean, the next Bozeman movie, I could be like, I don't know about this shit, but this one, I thought like his nature and the nature of the subject really uh, came together really well. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: here, let's show it to you, folks. There you go. Our number one B tier movie is Bozeman's Elvis, and. and props to that, Austin Butler. Remake every Elvis movie, Austin. Okay. <laughs> Probably as good as it's going to get for a long time as far as Elvis biopics. Bio so yeah. if you're, if you're into such things, check it out. Maybe check out this soundtrack that uh, might give you a different angle into his music. So, but, uh, yeah. So check the show notes for links and places to find us and
1: death to all traders.
0: Death to all traitors and whoop that trick.